Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Welcome to the Cow Corner podcast with me, Dolly Dropper, James Hurl, Mr. Birmingham League son, Andy Harrison, Jamie Martindale, and the king of the hoppers, Joss Elliott. For your latest dose of all things Shropshire cricket. And welcome back to another episode of the Cow Corner podcast. And yeah, we have gone away from the panel show and we are doing ourselves a special episode. We have a special guest, someone who plays in the Shropshire Leagues, but recently had a BBC Sport article written about him and someone who I've, I've met on the cricket field when umpiring and someone who is a rather inspirational figure in the Shropshire cricket scene and someone who as soon as I got speaking to him and obviously read more about him as a person uh, was very interested in getting on and sharing his life experience and his, his journey and also talk a little bit about his season. So this episode's guest is none other than Andrew Edwards of Chirk Seconds. So welcome Andrew. Thank you James. No worries. So for anyone who doesn't know or may not have met you, tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, I was diagnosed autistic at the age of four. The specialist told my mother, go home and watch Rain Man. Uh, it is likely your son will be institutionalised. And uh, yeah, I think I proved it wrong. Because Rain Man had just won the Academy Award about, about six weeks before I was diagnosed. I was diagnosed in April 1989. So I couldn't talk at the time. And then my mum basically raised me on her own uh, as well. Although I've always been very, very close to my sister, my elder sister, who lives next door. But I was allegedly, I choose this term loosely, allegedly tied up in one school for being the only child who could speak and allegedly beaten up in another school by a member, by a teacher, well, allegedly. And then I sort of had a very disruptive schooling. I sat my GCSEs at the, in my school. I was at St Christopher's in Exeter Special School. But it was it did a lot for, it did a lot for me. And my godmother taught me there. And then one thing led to another. I, Alex Ferguson, so Alex Ferguson opened the school in Exeter on Friday. It's a good country more. Then after. After I uh, passed my GCSE history, I got to be six months in summer of 2001. Following year, we got into, late, early following year, we got in touch with Sir Alex. Sir Alex is long-serving PA, Lynn Laughing at Manchester United, and they allowed me to go to Carrington. And I uh, was presented with my, my GCSE certificate and interviewed by Manchester United Television, their report of Manchester United Television. And that sequence of events led to one day's work places at Manchester United 
on September 11, 2002, but that one day lasted 11 and a half years as a broadcast statistician working for Manchester United. Wow. And then after that, I was writing my memoirs because I had an interesting story. And, and I was looking for a publisher. I was invited on the Today programme on Radio 4 on Easter Saturday 2015. John Humphreys interviewed me about my life with autism. I was recording at Glendale University in Maxim. He was at home in, a, in his house. I'd record equipment like these games. And there was a lady who was like working in between who was in a new broadcasting house. And because of that interview, a publisher based in Staffordshire was listening from Ben U. Kearney, a gentleman called James London Cook. And exactly a year to the minute that I left, I was made redundant for my United Television. I was offered a book. I was offered offered a contract to to write my memoirs, and uh, not really a funny story, but a bit. But I was actually made redundant the same day that David Moyes got sacked as Manchester United. Wish it was the day that I actually started, but I stayed a year longer. So and then I've written three books as well. I've written two others apart from my memoirs. My memoirs are called "I Got a Stat for You: My Life with Autism," which. Sort of, which is sort of based on my old my old job and a, and an often repeated phrase that I often repeated phrase I speak and then I also wrote another book called A Vision of Exercise in 2018 which World Cup winner and Ashes winner Sarah Taylor will look forward to and I also wrote another book sort with a cricket slant which about cricket and football about the local football the history of local football club in the village of Brumbo in Maxim. Oh, I don't know if you heard of Brumble Cricket Club. They were very much the team in Wales in the 80s and 90s and won two Welsh Cups and got to seven Welsh Cup finals in 12 years. And they were the team in, in Wales in the 80s and 90s. In fact, what Glamorgan captain started his career at, at uh, Glamorgan Limited Overs captain started his career at Brumble, David Lloyd. And his father helped me with the book because his father, John Walter Lloyd, his former Premier League and FIFA referee in the 90s and years before that. And it was very much Lloyd was one of the families to do with Brumble. But then, sort of, after that, I, I changed gyms. Because I went to change gyms and I was getting a lot fitter and I'd lost quite a bit of weight. I thought, you know what, I'll give local cricket a try. Uh, initially, I thought, when I play for Brumble Thirds on a Sunday, I thought... But they're always filling up the team, always filling up the team. So I want to play for a team that I know generally I'm going to be playing in every week for if, if they got enough players. So I looked at the North I, I studied the North Wales cricket at the time, scorecards for the 2017 season, the season, and I saw three teams that weren't were coming close to fill out and 11 and were having to concede matches. And the well, two seconds were one of them. So I, I got in touch with the club. I got in touch with Mr. Skinner, Ian Skinner, the captain. And so they weren't filling in. And we met up for a coffee in Wrexham in February 2018 in Wrexham Town Centre. And he had a very much a shared ethos beyond how village cricket and village cricket and amateur sports and so forth have to be played, not into sledging, very encouraging your teammates. We want to win, but then it's all about it's all about the enjoyment factor. I want to perform to the best we can, but it's all about the enjoyment factor. And we also want to just enjoy everything about it without slighting and while showing manners and manners manners to the opposition and manners to everyone involved, really. Which from all accounts that's and, and all accounts that's not the case in North Wales. And then in twenty eighteen, my second season. Oh, and then my first match with Shirk seconds was against Lifting Seconds at Hollyhead Road for three years. It was the second bank holiday Monday of uh, May 2018. And I took the three books over there and sort of introduced myself. So it was like a coping mechanism with my autism. Just introduced myself. I mean, amiable and sociable like I always am. Got talking to people there because there's more from the club there, I think, because the first weren't playing. Anyways, my turn to feel. Dropped a catch after about eight overs. And then two overs later, I, I, I caught out 
I'm always remembering that name, thank you, Tradigan, son, Dad. I was resting seconds. I caught him out with a, fa- with a catch. Because I made the difference between the two overs where I, walk, where I, where, where I dropped the catch of the other one. I put my, my son hat on, which I never take off when I want to feel that. <laughs> but, and then I caught thank you, Tradigan, son, Dad, about. And, and they're about to go to celebrate with me. And I just ran, ran that mad like in Ran to here on acid. <laughs> that's what I do when, whenever I. Take a catch, or when, whenever, uh, whenever I take a wicket, and I think Mr. Skinner and all of them have, have encouraged. We have another autistic player in our team. They, they, they were there with you and them, I think. To be I honest. did, Holly, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Holly, she's autistic as well. Her brother plays well, Liam, because he's been talking the group chat all about about Ryan Reynolds taking over action, the Hollywood actor taking over action. <laughs> but uh, so I yeah, took that catch, and then. The next game, I took my first wicket against Mark Wheeler of Exxon Seconds, mm. which he said. But that, I played four games the first season in 2018. But that, I, I went to the presentation February 2019. We had the A.A. St. Martins, uh, the Keys. And anyway, they got, they got this trophy uh, after Dave Kelshaw, who uh, his two sons played for the club. And like his sister was involved with the club. His wife was involved with the club. And like his nephew is and his brother-in-law, and I met them all. Johnny was playing when you were there. I think that's his nephew. Mm. And anyway, I was talking to his wife. Unbeknownst to me, I was talking to his wife a lot that, that day. I was talking talking about Stevie, his son. It was actually in the Brumble book because he had a brief spell at Brumble. Anyway, we made out this Dave Cowshaw champagne moment of the season award for 2018 because he just trying to keep passed away about a couple of years before that. And it really, that might give the description of the win. I'm thinking, that's a bit like me. I can't be. That can't be. Then sort of say something else. That's just a bit more like me. That can't be. Yeah, the next thing, next thing, about the third third part of it. So I just took clicking his sports person ship and his enthusiasm and zest. thinking, oh my God, I've won this trophy. I don't believe it. <laughs> And it's like, I'm never going to win trophy for ability, but it's like nice to be commended by everybody had got to know me more than I'd actually thought they'd got to know me never. And, yeah. and, and just for being me, just for being me. And then in 20, what the winter of 18, 19, went to Shropshire. I'm being honest, I noticed the teams, the teams there generally are very got lots of good manners and they're very polite. Mm. Very polite. So you, you talk about, obviously, in your earlier life, stories of doctor saying, watch Rain Man, and exactly. then things in, in your school life not, yeah. not sounding particularly pleasant at all. Yeah. To, to now, obviously, you, you talk about the joy of your teammates um, yeah. finding acceptance in who you are. Do you, do you feel that that's a journey of people's general kind of understanding of autism nowadays, or do you think it's... Awareness, awareness more than understanding, James. Awareness because when I was a teenager, uh, I followed a Welsh Premier Football Club called called Kevin Dewey's Home and Away, and I still got some very close mates from there. This day, like I, I asked when that when I followed them properly sixteen years ago, and then when, when towards the end of my time, I started the Manchester United Television. And my television were very understanding. Mm. And I mean, I'm a because obviously with autism, the behaviour sometimes wasn't up to the standard it should have been in a lot of professional environments. I'd freely admit that. And, but yeah, I noticed there's more awareness and understanding, but there's still certain aspects people don't always understand. Like during the coronavirus, the pandemic with masks, some autistic people have an exemption not to wear a mask. Mm. Now, I was going to use that to, to as an exemption, but then I read some absolute horror stories of people. You read about on like BBC app and so forth. I read about people who were carers and people with people with, with people who like were deaf as well, and people with autism who weren't wearing a mask and they're getting abused. So I don't really want to bring that apart myself. But yeah, 
generally it's best to wear a mask at this moment in time. But I wear a visor. Yeah. But I can't always wear a mask because I just perhaps want to go for a haircut. I, I just have to wear it then. But I think they have people have an exemption, but I don't always like to use that. I don't like to use it because I think not only and I've also this is something my family have always asked I'm you know trying to do it like not sticking out. Not mm. sticking out too much. Be me, mm. be comfortable with me, but don't stick out in society. Because then, I think, I've always been quite unique with all. So I give non-profit speeches as well. I've won awards for that. I was invited to Buckingham Palace in the House of the Parliament for my speeches and my book, where a lot of people, well, some people, some people who, who give speeches who are autistic, charge hundreds of pounds, hundreds of times, if not more than that. And I, I do it just non-profit. I just don't see the need to charge. Where... These people, they're not actually as outgoing and sociable as I am, and they're not input. And they talk about the science and things like that. Well, you want to talk about practicalities of it. Like, I'm sure if you had an autistic child, James, or an autistic sibling, or an autistic family member, you don't want to know about the science of it. You want to know the practicalities of how best mm. to how best to cope with this situation. And from my life experience, me and my family like to talk about practicalities. We don't deal with the science of it. Yeah, we deal in practicalities how can we not overcome because you're very seldom overcome anything in life that's not glad we manage it we learn to manage it like obsessional behaviors that has been a really bad one over the years really bad so aspects, so, so in in, in regards to your autism what are the things that you find hardest to overcome what are the main kind of hurdles what are the main over the years james over the years james obsessional behaviors which could be an obsession with a television programme, an obsession with a person. Uh, sometimes it's the odd sensory issues, like, like smells, smells with me, with me, even though my nose always seems like it's constantly blocked up. <laughs> I do generally have a good sense of smell, weirdly enough, even though my nose seems constantly blocked up, blocked up. And also I can get overloaded if information isn't explained clearly and I won't be able to process it. So I'll give you an instance of that. Uh, I lost four stone in 2017-18. I went into a powerlifting competition. And then I was trying to bulk up after that. But information to bulk up, I didn't process. But I had to have carbohydrates to fuel my workouts. So I just had loads of protein that I with much protein, more protein what Bryson DeChambeau's been having. <laughs> but, having and but, but having lots of fat as well, when I put Ted K on in the winter, basically, I thought I was getting bigger, was fat. And I felt sorry for my then coach, Garrett, Garrett Hugh Roberts, because I felt I'd let him down. He was leaving, leaving at that time to go to a, another, another career, but I thought I'd let him down where genuinely I had processed information. And when I got to lock, about well, one week or two before lockdown, I had a chat with my sister, and with reinforcement from my new coach, Chris Hibbo Hibbert, we, we sort of realised that we didn't register. Well, basically, carbohydrates fuel your workout. You have to have more of them, the protein. And you've also got to, got to have protein protein to rebuild the muscles after a workout mm. and not as much as I was having because it had my heart. But, and then I've lost like the last week as well on Sunday, 16k. So, yeah. And I'm also looking lean and so forth but, and fitter and fitter, mm. fitter and stronger as well. But like I say, I'm also going to read Ben's Fitness Magazine, the next edition of Ben's Fitness <laughs> Magazine actually. I'm not joking, James, genuinely. No. It's going to be talking about how autism and strength training and sort of lifting based on mental health. So we're going to be on Men's Fitness Magazine. The cricketer, hopefully, do, are going to do a feature on me as well. As a, I got a, but that's going to take time because it's the journalist has just come off paternity leave. And generally, obsessional behaviours, sensory issues like smells, mm. and I can get overloaded. Like we decorated my room. Decorating my room, like 
all last week. And it's just finished, finished the touches to it. Now we just have to get some carpet. Long time making that, trying to decorate my bedroom. But on the first day, I was supposed to be playing cricket. But I was well, well, obviously we conceded against Ponsbury second. But I got overloaded trying to move all the everything out of my room, yeah. all my clothes out of my wardrobe into the spare room, which I've got my records, my vinyl, my records, vinyl CDs, cricket gear. So I got overloaded. I thought, can't cope with this. And we just agreed I'll go down and the family and sort it for me. It's not like overlook. It was like too much information. Yeah. And like obsessional behaviours and like just. I've, I've had anger issues mm. in the past as well with autism, which I'm not proud of. But I'll be honest, I've I think lockdowns made me a calmer person. Yeah. Because like, however, what government's making the decision, you just can't get angry anymore. You just can't because what's they get angry about? Yeah. There's, there's so much more to get angry about rather than all that. Well, it's nothing to get angry about. That's it. That way, but. So moving on to the cricketing single love affair, it's began at the age of six uh, when you um, watching the BBC coverage of the England West Indies test series, which kind of links into modern day where we've obviously it's just had the England yes. West Indies yes. series. So, um, although being us West Indies do talk quite often, at one point in the noughties and part of the millennium, they actually put. I think up until. In the first decade of the millennium, they actually played more tests than since the millennium than what Australia had in this country, strangely enough. But up until the first, or well, probably the first 10 or 12 years of the millennium, they actually played more tests in England in the millennium than what Australia actually had. Mm. Which is which, generally, Australia, West Indies have toured quite a lot over mm. the years. But, but yeah. There used to be six test series now that today. So obviously uh, a deep, well, a long love of cricket, yeah. but uh, only recently come into the recreational game. Is that yeah? Um, how yeah. how did that how did that all come about? How yeah. kind of what was the decision behind that work? Well, well, uh, I basically had obsessional behaviours and thought. I, I got to a different gym, a, a different coach again. I just tell you, the one who's just recently that left about seven months ago to, to a different career. And I lost weight and I thought, you know what? I feel I could, I, I didn't go out to my own until 33 mm. on my own, away from, away without a family member or a, or a close mate. I, I wouldn't go out on my own, on, on my own. But then I got to 2018 and I thought, well the, well, the cricket was a prelude to it, really. It wasn't actually what it made me go out. It was a prelude to it. Where, and I thought, you know what, I'll give cricket a try. I played one match when I was 15. And uh, the club I played for, which is actually my local village club, Gwersels, at the 15s, I didn't really enjoy it because there's one lad there, the gentleman who's coached me, his lad, Wicket keeper, captain, opening bat, and he bowled as well. He did more jobs in the team than the Henderson Goni. I thought, this can't <laughs> be right. He wasn't even the best player in the team. And I call it as another lad, a lad who'd actually grown up, grown up regularly around where I, where I live. He was a better player, but it was like, this can't be right. And started, and when he was picked for the second year, I thought, but we number 11. And at 15, you want to, you want to be heavily involved where... When you're my age, you sort of think you're just glad to be involved. Well, 15, I got picked at number 11 and I gave a mark and the maximum of the I'm going to be on the mic. So I went, I thought, never went back. I'd say we're actually back with a record second when I was 17 and 18, mm. but I never played a game for somebody. So I probably could have played a game, but I was more interested in following Kevin Drews then because they were very, Kevin Drews used to let me train with them just as a fan. But, Go and go for the big on the big lad at the time, and just let me go and go. It was great crack. But what made me go to church, like I say, was just there was no particular link to the area of church, it's the other end of Wrexham. But it was just I saw the these numbers, they were conceded matches, and I did my research. And like I've actually told this person, they were a bit behind the research. I told you about Holly, I thought, oh, they got an autistic player playing for them. Mm. And I'll be research, I'm very thorough like that. That was part of my job for 11 and a half years. Um, 
and thought they've got an autistic player. They'll probably know how to manage me in that way because they'll be used to it, or they'll know how to manage it. And then, like I said, I met Ian Skinner, Mr. Skinner, after a coffee, and we had a very much a shared ethos regarding how how we go about playing and behaving on the field. And well, from there, really, and like I say, the first match was very memorable. <laughs> so <laughs> but, like I say, I realise how memorable it was till about nine months later. <laughs> so you talk about obviously um, Chirk having another uh, autistic player. Yeah, but yeah. and being able to manage you, I've I've also seen that you've said that obviously the cricket field is a place of solace for you. What what kind of hurdles do you find when it comes to a match day, and what kind of what brings that solace uh, for you well, when you go onto the cricket field? Well, I just on a match day, I just look forward to it so much. Like mm. I'll be honest, I said to a lot of people when the when the when the a bridge season starts on the 25th of July, it gets pods be sad because it was like all oh, my Christmas days, at, Christmases and birthdays at once. I never thought I would really enjoy club cricket as much, village cricket as much as I have. I just thought, I just thought, I just thought it was something that I'd have tried. It wasn't, I wouldn't have enjoyed it as much as I have because not every club. I would imagine that as welcome as what Turk could be, and certainly I can't imagine what as welcome as Turk could be to me. Whereas, I'm not, unfortunately, Kevin Goose is very welcome when I follow them as a supporter, but it was very much, and like you said, what, like, like I said, with, with it, I know what my role is from Mr. Skinner. I know exactly what my role is within the field of play. I know that. He communicates extremely well. I know generally if I'm going to bowl quite early on in the in, 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 in innings. If mm. we've got like someone who's like building up a score, like a not out batter, it's like difficult to get out. You can tell they're a bit better than some of the other batters. And he'd keep, he'd keep, he'd keep me away from bowling to lift my confidence. Mm. And I tend to bowl to either when we've completely won the game or when we've basically lost or just when we're shorter on numbers. So and it's always to batters that I wouldn't necessarily get hit up the attack by if, mm. if I could help it. So I don't have the... And I know exactly what my where, where it is. Well, yeah. well, I know what the score is. And I know exactly where my role is, mm. and so, I enjoy the fielding. Yeah. So, so what other, what other? Obviously, he's a very good communicator, and he's giving yes. you the structure. What other kind of management? Um, what other management techniques do you think that he puts in place, which help just, your match day go clear? Yeah. Being honest, he's very, very, very good with me. Where he lives in Langoslin. Which is in Denbyshire, not far from Chirk actually. A lot of people from Stangoffland and Chirk got the same season school, Venus Brad. And he comes all the way across to Gwersal from the other side of Wrexham, same village as Robbie Savage. Yeah. And uh, takes me back to Chirk to go to a match. And I, I, I got him a medal at the end of last season, played Little Show third last game of last season, Division 8. We won, we won promotion anyway by then. And he's got, I think, and the thing is, he's got more faith in my cricketing ability or not, or not ability than I have. And and he's also, and it's just the way he communicates. It's like that is good. That's good how he goes out of his way to pick me up. Yeah. And it's good how, but like I say, I'm doing, I'm undertaking driving lessons at the moment. So hopefully, I pass within a year. Although I might have to take my theory again. <laughs> so hopefully by then I can repay Mr. Skinner back by giving him a lift myself. Go to Tank Off, go to Chirk. It might be a bit easier than Tank Off to Gersel to Chirk. Me to Tank Off to Chirk is, like I said, I'd really love to. I'm not just repaying, it's like people like my family, I need to repay another mate as well. I want to repay one less, mm. who's going to be left over many, many years. Yeah, so you, you mentioned obviously that you did your research in finding out that Chirk had an autistic player and you were the uh, researcher for MUTV, was it? And, yes, broad, um, CU researcher and then it was broadcast statistician. Broadcast statistician, there we go. I mean, do you, 
you must be a dream for other cricketers in your team because you must do you do you kind of do your research on the teams that you're playing um, that week? Yes, I, like do, that? I do, yes, <laughs> I do. Like when we were playing Albany Saturdays, I'll be honest. Uh, I did research on Sakib Zaza. Yes, such an unusual name, and and I got talking to him. I remember that day he just ran himself out basically. Yeah, it did. I did last week actually, but obviously. Type of players I tend to be search for. I'm not being sexist when I say tend to be girls and players with unusual names. Yeah. But, uh, the, were there any? Are there any interesting kind of things that you've come across this season? Uh, and also, what I've noticed. Oh, your, your club haven't done this. I think last couple of weeks. But you, yourselves and Ponsby have tended to do it this season. You've posted your first and second eleven teams online. On the Friday, so what I've been doing when we play played either Ponsby or yourselves, basically I'm not on social media, but but you can get on. Just take a screen grab of it and put in the group chat. He starts to start about one of the unusual names. <laughs> oh, fantastic! So, <laughs> talking more about yourself, how has your season gone? How have you how have you found uh, it in the structure league? Because obviously, Chirk have made the move across in the last two seasons from the North Wales League to the Shropshire League. How have you found it? It's our second season in Shropshire. We, both, both teams were promoted last season. The first promoted from Division 2 to Division 1. And we promoted from Division 8 to Division 7. And we're supposed to have a lot more longer journeys this year, just by the pictures, when the pictures first came out. Like I was also achieved by, I remember that, I'll always remember this, we were actually first game of the season in Division 7. We were supposed to play Hinstock first 11. Now, that's a very interesting story for Hinstock first eleven. They were in the Guardian. There was a big write-up in the Guardian about Hinstock Cricket Club, about how they had a big bath like in Soxy Council over the land and stuff. And they were, and I think they were actually, you'll probably know, know about this, James, they were devoted five divisions and, and they were going to end up in Division 7 playing our second. Yeah. And then that was going to be our first game, obviously, covid there's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. And then we've had more local journeys this year. But it's been a nice mixture because we've played sides that, like higher class notices, that we know chances are, chances are we're stronger than them. Welsh Cool has been interesting to say the least. Very much evolved so fast from last season, <laughs> uh, according to what one he is. Welsh Cool seconds, according to what one he is. And yourselves, Pond Spray and Knockin, give us an insight into what's required to what needs to grow or what, what needs to get better with us if we're going to get into Division 6 or get into Division 5. Mm. And it makes us think that really, I think probably at this moment in time, I'd say probably Divi if we'll probably get Division 6 started, we'll play Division 7. But we probably, we've competed against yourselves in both games and competed against Dawkins. But I noticed Dawkins got the best ball in mind of the seconds. And according to what, what, what we were told by, about from, from Tim, who's the church, he umpires and he's club chairperson. He said, from what, talk to Mr. Skinner, because we had a bit of a, we had a little bit of a social blood distance get together after when we both played Narkin. Uh, we've seen Narkin's got seconds, got a very good bowling liner, mm. but they're not as good batting. Why you say, well, if they're that good, why aren't they playing for the first? Because their bowlers, supposedly, weren't that good. So, 
it gives an insight that what is required for us as we go forward in, in for our seconds. Like I say, the first have done very well this season. I'm very impressed with what we've done with the first. We've we we've won six and lost three with the first. And in all honesty, I think we could have won every one of us that we've lost. We two narrow defeats at Against Utah and one and one defeat against Bobby and Heath, where we only needed chase about 140. So that was so. I'm I'm quite impressed. I th- I think the club must have got a lot better in the first in recent seasons because the last season North Wales we were in the Premier and didn't win a game all season. Mm. So and I would imagine I don't know. And I'm in the shop of what. I've been told it's up to Northwood Premier standard because Northwood Premier is a very poor standard when it comes to other Premier leagues in in, in Britain, according to what what seasoned observers tell me. And is it the standard that what Northwood's cricket was in the eighties and nineties, yeah. and before that, where where it was where there's certainly some Brumbo and Marquee and other teams today, like Marquee won the National Village twice, but Brumbo couldn't go in that because the population too large, but. Yeah. Generally, I, I prefer it in option to be able to play this option because it's just you know friendly. Yeah. It's not the slight. Although I've not heard any, uh, there's one away game in my first season. I just it's like this, the, the the club that wasn't club up high. It's one of the players. He was smoking when he was officiating. He was. He had a twelve year old playing for them, and you think I was like an example to set them. I got no ball, no ball for ball, not twenty four yards. <laughs> several times. I think we could do that. Robo Craft used to do that. I used to think of Nicola Morgan. I did do it all the time in limited overs. There's a bit of variety of no ball doing 24. And fortunately, we won that game. It's quite nice when we won that game to stick into that particular, that particular team. But, but it's just, it's an option that seems to be more variety. Like you see third and fourth mm. teams playing. And like one, one great story I take from when we played Isacord and Fence Bag Seconds last year. You've probably heard of John Falkner. He's got the guard named after him. He's 83, or he's 83 last season, he's 84 now. 83 last season, he's batting. He opened the batting when we first played in their place. We batted him by about 200 runs. And then the following week, we played him at home. And he batted about six, I think, with a 13-year-old at the other end, Ethan Gresty. And I and I bought to both of them at the same time. I brought, I got a wicket at the Brossom together. 83 with a 13-year-old. Only in Venice cricket, mate. Fantastic. <laughs> so you talk about you got yourself a wicket there. How, how have you done this season? Two. I got two this year, and I'll be just thirty. I'm very high economy though. I bowled a lot of wide and bowled bugger no balls. <laughs> and I got a wicket the last time I bowled against Kai Glass seconds. Maybe you're to hear our acid celebration. But <laughs> I just found I don't think I've bowled quite as well this year. But also, I think some of the teams I've played against. Possibly not giving their wicket as away as easily, mm. but I still think I do better. And I think when I pass my, my, my practical diving test, I'm going to go to the next more because there's no way of you going down at there at the moment. And I'm going to work on my batting, my bowling, and my catching. I don't necessarily need to work on my ground fielding because I'm very, very mobile, but I need to work more on my catching, my, my bowling, just to get a bit, bit of consistency, get the arm going. And basically, I'm never going to be a first-team player. We have a good crack about like my mum does. But it's about actually trying to, I won't say achieve, but trying to, trying to get to a point where you realistically could get to, well, I think my batting could get better. I think my bowling could be more consistent. I won't be magnificent now. I'll be honest, I, 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 I've overachieved anything with my bowling because I used to bowl to my nephew. In the front garden when he was like six, couldn't get him out. Off ten yards, couldn't get him out. And it was the second time I bowled, jerk seconds got wicked. Couldn't believe it. Fantastic. Yeah. Oh wow. Well, it, well it's, it's it's such a great journey. And what would your advice be if someone who is autistic, who is interested in getting into cricket, what would be your kind of advice to them? It's a very broad spectrum, James. In all honesty, mm. my. The way I've gone around matters would not suit a lot, most people, a lot if not most people with autism, because some people with autism, because of the condition and because of other factors, 
and I've, I, because the way I've, I've always been lucky with my mates, all my mates, none of them are autistic or not diagnosed uh, outside of the cricket team. And oh, from MUTV, none of them are diagnosed autistic, one who's got OCD, but none of them are diagnosed autistic. And I've got a wide range of mates. And obviously, of course, my family have enabled me to have lovely my sister and my mum. Well, my mum and my sister. But the way I've gone about matters wouldn't work for a lot, if not most, autistic people. Excuse me. In the broad spectrum, because a lot of autistic people, it seems to me, struggle socially and emotionally. Yes, I struggle socially and emotionally. You're making inappropriate comments and terrible poor pars, but it tends to be these people don't always... Oh, there are people... I've been on dates with girls who are autistic, and I've been on dates with people who aren't, but like, there's a lot of this arty and aspian, aspian and neurotypical and don't... Oh, and all that rubbish. You just think, well, you're, deliber you're, you're de deliberately alienating yourself from the rest of society. There's so many people there, you're not going to get on with everyone. It's just naive to think otherwise. But you're alienating yourself from most of society then, and just say... Why do that? So where I've gone about matters, what we're there, but because I, I'm a very outgoing character, as you can tell from this conversation tonight. <laughs> it is we the other week at the cricket. But my experience of the cricket would work for a lot of people with autism because yeah. it it would work because for some people with autism because I think my personality gets me through sometimes. Yeah. And I think some people with autism, to include some people who give speeches, you think, I can't relate to them, you just can't relate to them. But there's people yeah. I relate to, like as a teenager, I relate to Holly and her brother. Like, I love it when they're having a bit of a dick because it reminds me of my sister, but uh, <laughs> in a different way. But but as a teammate, I relate to her. She's much younger than me, she's 22 and I'm 36 in November. But I relate to someone like that. But I, I, and some of the people, a couple of girls I went on dates, so they were, they were all, they were actually autistic. They were, they were fine. But I, and there's one girl I dated, dated for three months. She's all seen David. But there's certain people that, I think there's a line regard, we're all, we're all, we're all got a geek, sense of geekiness in us, but some people just, I can't relate to. Yeah. But then there's people that were autistic, just because you're autistic, doesn't mean I could relate to you just because you're not autistic. Doesn't mean I could relate to you. It's yeah. just, but like I say, it's it's my. I don't think my experiences with cricket would actually suit everyone with autism. So, mm. but it suits. I think it suits people because we're, we're, we're all unique at the end of the day. Yeah. But like I say, would you say obviously you've spoken about Ian Skinner quite a lot uh, this yeah. evening, and I've met him, and I, he's a fantastic yeah. person. Do you think yeah. a lot of your found enjoyment of village cricket is down to the way that he uh, manages the yeah. game? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's down to that really because it's manners, and it's also a shared ethos where don't slide you. We don't believe in that. And being honest with it, with, with ourselves, we just tend to have a good crack. I'll be honest; it was very rare on Saturday a teammate sort of complained at me for for not 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 backing up where that was very unusual. But usually it's very it's usually we just have a crack amongst ourselves or with the opposition. And we, and we get on generally, even though it's a wide age range. Like last year for us it was 13 to 60. This year it's more 15 to about 50. Mm. Where Generally, we, we get on generally okay in the cricketing environment, good in the cricketing environment. And there are different personalities, but generally, like we've got a young lad, Mahmood, he's a lovely lad, Mahmood, he's from Syracuse, Bangladesh originally. We've got other personalities, and I think the environment of church encourages, encourages different characters. Like we've got, like so we've got Mahmood, we've got me, we've got Holly. Holly or me and Holly autistic hit my mood, but other people as well. And it's just I think also the environment enables Mr. Skinner sort of to realise those different characters mm. and a different understanding of everyone. And it's it's just a very good environment. I don't think you'd get that at every club. Mm. But yeah, I'm just I think 
In fact, everybody says stay hell. No, it's not everything because it's not everything. Until you actually put that situation, you won't know yourself. But actually, actually, the research helped. But when I met him, the shared ethos we had regarded, we don't sledge, we encourage each other. If someone drops the catch, they didn't mean to drop it, did they? So we say, unlucky, better luck next time, keep your chin up, propel out, mate. And just be supportive to one another because we. We just want to have fun at the end of the day on the face we want to ID. But a second team click is more about enjoyment. Some players are borderline first team, you know, fine. Like obviously mm-hmm. Conor Bailey's recently gone up to the first and, and he's it's been a long time coming. He's hell of a bowler, he's hell of a bat, he's a great fielder. But a lot of it's just about enjoyment. Mm-hmm. So it's all about it's enjoyment and and then just why do you want to abuse your position? Why do you want to waste all that energy when you can think about just being a human being? Yeah, and somewhere, and somewhere to do it at elite level, a professional level, because yeah. because not riding on it, riding on it, and and, and so livelihood. Yeah. So you've got to try little tricks to put the opposition off to enable you to keep your livelihood. But mm. I, I just don't see the point. <laughs> so we've got one at the time of recording. We've got one game left of the season, and uh, next season seems a long way away. Oh, uh, but. Um, what what are your expectations for Chirk Seconds moving into next season? Where would you like to think that they will where they will go, or a Chirk as a club in general? Well, well COVID permitting, I think we'll do well in Division Seven. COVID permitting, there's going to be more longer away journeys in Division Seven if it, if, if if the stuff goes back to what it was, which I think it will. COVID permitting. Uh, I think I think if we end up in Division Seven, I think probably we'll be going close to promotion, uh, and then probably we'll find it maybe a bit tougher in Division Six. But going forward, when I pass my test, I would like to get involved in other ways with the club. Like I made some notes on my phone. Like I would like to help us in other ways, like administrative ways, not like sort of like intense ways, but like ways where I think I can help, mm. like. So it's like I've got some ideas that I don't really want. I'm not going to elaborate on because it's, it's a long way away because I've got to pass my practical driving test yet. <laughs> but I've got. I want to like I want to put the nets more, and I've also I want to get involved more in helping the club with other ways I can offer help, possibly administration work and like not so much in depth administration work, like people looking for like the club mark and things like that. But like ways you can like engage the local community, different aspects of a community, like a black Asian minority ethnic community, people with disabilities, pe- people, ladies, ladies softball seems to be very popular in our clubs. And just matters like I'd like to perhaps eventually perhaps help out if we if we can help out in that way in different aspects. But that's a long way away. But like I say, that's what I'd like to I suggest to yes, but I would like to have like a message I read on the group chat recently about what help we'd offer. And I sort of said, mm. I sort of suggested that. Like I say, I think possibly next season, the first, if it goes back to a proper 12, is it 12 club? Is it 12 club division one? Is it James? 10 or 12 club division one? 12 like think, yeah, I'd like to think we'll be challenging for promotion the first in that league. Judging by our performances this year, and I'll challenge you the top four, say, but I don't ever think we'd ever potentially be a. I don't know because long the season's a long way away, but I don't necessarily think we'd possibly ever win the Premier League or anything like that. I don't think that's going to happen because the standard behind in Shropshire, no matter ever would North Wales. But yeah, I, I like to think eventually we could certainly challenge for promotion with WR next year. Certainly, we, we I think the first did really well this year, again. and I think the, I think if it goes back to Division Seven, like we're supposed to be this year, I think hopefully we'd finish in the top two to get promoted. Probably if it went back to the way it was, and Hinstock had the team the way it, the way it was, probably Hinstock would win the league because they'd come down five divisions, so they'd be probably better than us. So, again, Jeremy, I'd like to just, and I'd like to see certain players, the younger players in the seconds, grow. It's, it's certain ones who I think 
have the ability or have the ability to grow and for the seconds and hopefully become first team players. As well as Connor, I'd say there's a few others who I think could be potentially first team players and have played for the first team in recent times. And I think it just they need, some of these just need game time. One of them has one of them has not much game time this year, but last year they had like two hundred nod at one point in the season in, in Division Eight. So so that was Sam that was, Sam Davis. He basically had like two hundred and fifty of the seconds last year at one point in the season. So and he has a lovely technique, but I just like to see this and just enjoy it. Just mm. enjoy it. So continue enjoying it because it's it's wonderful, really. It's, it's just lovely playing it. And, and I just would like COVID permitting, I'd like to see, I'd like, like to possibly, if I possibly can, after passing the practical diagnosis, get more involved with the club as, like, like I say, with possibly, if there's any way we could engage, because obviously we've got one, one Bangladeshi young lad, Mamoud Hussain, players, but whether we could get like it's a big thing with me in cricket. I don't think in this country generally we actually actually make the most of the potential talent pool for black Asian minority ethnic cricketers. And I think if England actually genuinely in this country we genuinely made 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 well, genuinely the gap was bridged with the culture and all sorts of matters. And the actual methods and more in the set was made towards the different methods and different cultures and different attitudes and different methods towards how they go across playing people from the black Asian minority British yeah. black Asian minority ethnic British background how they they got obviously because of culture reasons yeah like anything and we got to realize there's more than one way to skin a cat we're getting the team and I think really yeah. I would really like to see Chirk get involved with something like that and I, I just generally think this British cricket generally just really get get really involved with improving relations with black Asian minority ethnic cricketers and ladies mm. and what, what what do you think um, cricket in general uh, should could do to improve inclusion in, in all well, walks of life all people who want to get involved yeah. in cricket well I think certainly, I think this goes back many, many years in the cricket team. I think it happens now a bit with Joffre Archer. They expect Joffre Archer to work wonders and work wonders and miracles. But, and, oh, he's got about 95 mile an hour of it. Well, no, he's not. Yeah. I'm just happy if Joffre Archer performs. Like, you look at when he took his first, first five for England heading the last year, he took six for spit. He was born, and people complained, oh, he's not bowling. But even then, it was like his second test. Oh, he's born at 87 mile an hour. But he's just took six for He's been England's best bowler. What do you expect from him? Some bowlers, that is, exactly who was playing that day. Wilkes, I think, no, Wilkes wasn't playing. The ball night was Broad, Archer, Beach. Beach didn't bowl much in the first day because it was basically cloudy all day. Uh, and basically, you think, Basketball, it was. Basketball, basketball was seven, eight, eight. Oh, no, no, we did play on the first test. So it was Leach at 11, Broad was 10, Archie was nine. Who was number eight? Well, anyway, I just think it's a bit of a best performance at first innings. I think it's too much to expect, and I think this is. A lot of, and I think underlying, there's lots of, I, I don't like to say this, but I think there's a lot of racial stereotypes going on with Jeff Wright, and I think it's gone on with many, many black Asian minority ethnic cricketers over here. Like, I don't think Moyne Ali's ever got the, got the credit he truly deserves as a test cricketer. Because I'll tell you a few, few stats I look at, James. He's threatening for England, which is. How many balls it takes you to take a wicket? It's 30 balls better than Phil Tuffville. He's got a, a better average than Phil Tuffville with the ball. Mm. And he's third in the list of black Asian minority ethnic cricketers, most runs for England. Now, why has he got the credit he deserves? He's been shafted all across the order, once opening the batting in 
the Emirates against Pakistan, the batter's lowest number nine. And he's a, he's a, to do that, he must have the team at heart. And I just don't think Rashid's not been used properly in test cricket as a batter. Rashid has a higher test average, higher first class average in Division 1 Championship than James Vince when James Vince was selected as a frontline batter. Or when Rashid was playing, he was number eight and nine. Now, you get 10 first class Londoners for Adi Rashid. And you just think, well, why? And it's just think somewhere along the lines is, like, I don't always think Sam Patel ever did his favours with his, mm. it's just the way he his attitude towards the game. Yeah. But he was never utilised in the correct role that he should have been in. He should have been used as a batter in the top five. And in the top five, and he would have got runs. His first class record, apart from recent years, has been, been, been one of the better first class records you can get. He's got to be tight. 38, 39 in first class cricket over a very long time. That's quite some average in this day and age. But I think there's definitely been black age minority ethnic cricketers in England. I haven't been, and it goes back many years. Like you've got to look back to articles, like Phil DeFreitas was talking about an article yeah. in Western Cricketer that I think he's going to sue about back in the back. And it's like, these cricketers, well, obviously, they were really good in the 90s. I think they, were, they went through a lot of cricketers who weren't actually cheated, like, well, whatever. I they were like Hickam and Prakash. But you think these cricketers are so talented, we, we, we can have a convey about of these cricketers. Because yeah. I, I, I think I read once about 30% of Venetian recreational cricketers in Britain are from a black Asian minority ethnic background. And something daft like there's no more than. If you're on my two hands, probably my toes compared to 400 odd county cricketers who are mm. from black and minority background. Awesome. And you think, well, these cricketers could, could hold England instead for many generations to come, but it's, it's, it's going to take time. But I just think it's something that we, we got to look at. And I think also, also, I think it's nice to see the way the ladies have gone over the years, but then again, you've also got to look at other things. Apart from in a, in, with the England team, why have Sophia Dunkley, Ebony Vane for Bread, Isha Gua? Mm. Why is there more black Asian men? I think ladies play to be gay. So I think it's probably goes mm. a bit more both sides, but, but I'd say a lot of it needs to be up there. You know, it needs to be, there has to be adaptions, in, adaptions are made to accommodate the different attitudes that, 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 that not everyone has a has the same attitude to play cricket, even if they're yeah. professional. They need to, you need to adapt and you need to think more, there's more than one way to skin a cat, there's different personalities. Yeah. So. You, you talk about that, did you ever find that you were coming up against any stereotypes yourself or any uh, kind of... Yeah, I still you feel... Have to kind of, or you still feel like you have to now kind of I, I, I still feel the stereotypes out there, to be honest, James. I still feel, obviously, Rayman was a big stereotype. Yeah. And then some of the shows like Sheldon off the Big Bang Theory, isn't it? Mm. That's a stereotype. And then you've got things like The Good Doctor, that's these like stereotypes, where it's such a broad spectrum. Mm. And, and you could use that for any sector of society, such a broad spectrum that it's not like some people with autism will never talk, some people with autism will never ever walk or talk. Mm. And some people with autism could be Prime Minister like Gordon Brown or Lionel Messi, Sandy Hopkins, uh, Robbie Williams, Eminem, all autistic. But it's such a broad spectrum. That, and then some people think, oh, you'd be a mass genius. Oh, you, you, you'll be ridiculously talented or something. But it's a broad spectrum. And I just think there are stereotypes. I like to. And some people think, oh, you won't be very sociable. You'll have so you, you you won't be very sociable. Oh, you won't feel empathy. Well, I feel empathy to that that to a ridiculous degree. You won't understand people's feelings and emotions. You won't you won't be very perceptive, you won't be astute. Now, I just feel well I yeah, I feel empathy. I feel I feel very sensitive to people's feelings and emotions, but but like I say, it's just 
that, that's sort of, it's come a long way, but it needs to go. I think the general public, um, and I think also the general public have come a long way, but I think professionals need to go further. Yeah. But I, I would also say, I think there's a lot more people out, out there who are autistic yeah. who are likely to be diagnosed. That's something mm. that, that will that will just come off. There's so many people that are diagnosed that won't be diagnosed that I think they'll be on the spectrum, but they never will be. But people just possibly think they're a bit eccentric, but possibly they're on the spectrum. So you've mentioned your book, I've Got a Stat for You. If if someone wants to go and read more about your story and obviously a little bit more into uh, your life with autism, uh, where can they go and find that? Well, you can buy the book off Amazon, usual channels. Or you can buy it from order it your local water stones. Or and also you can visit my website, is uk. I don't like using the same autism in my web address, but <laughs> I got an exceedingly, exceedingly common common person person surname. So it's just easier easier to get a bit more of that. Uh, so yeah, uk. And if you do Google me as well on Google, w Google, just Google Andrew Edwards Autism and you can, uh, Andrew Edwards Autism BBC and you can hear things like when I was on the Today programme still and all sorts of information, newspaper articles and all sorts from mass media. Well done. Well, I think you're a fantastically inspiring person, everything that you've gone through and everything that you've done in your life so far and um, I hope that it's not the last time I see you and obviously... Uh, oh, no, play, we'll play against each other sometimes. Oh yeah, it's hopefully, James, because <laughs> at the end of the day we won't be playing next season. Because yes. if it's the, if it's the back pre-COVID divisions, then then we'll be you'll be your first your your first will be the same divisions as our first. We're not going to be playing that, but your <laughs> seconds will be two divisions above our seconds. But like I say, maybe in a couple of seasons we'll play together. Certainly, certainly. Oh. Well, we, we, yeah, the twos both had some good games, so I'm, I'm pretty sure you guys will uh, make Yeah, they were very enjoyable, and, uh, because the weird thing with that was, James, and this thing is with that, we, 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 got, we, we put up exactly the same score, and you knocked it off in exactly the same amount of overs and balls. Yeah, fantastic. So we're not making <laughs> to us for a bit but we lost five compared to three, and you lost seven compared to four. And we lost, we got dropped a few catches, but that doesn't matter, it just happens, doesn't it? And it's just, I thought... Sorry, mate. No, 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 no. no don't worry, James. No worries. <laughs> so, so, so like I say, I, I, I wish you luck. Have you got a Saturday, mate? Oh, uh, I'm, I'm at Bowmere. So, uh, Bowmere. Well, we're, we're yeah. yes. Our first so, loss. At home. So, our first, our home is there. At home our, to Bowmere Heath, I am, yeah. It's a petrol farm, lovely girl petrol farm. Quite hard to find if you don't know where we're going. Yeah, very hard. We've had yeah, a few people who've got lost. <laughs> yes, we got lost a bit on Saturday, but we just got it back. We got the post score, Mr. Skinner did, but we sort of got it back. The deduction then, because Sam, who played for the first there, he, he sort of knew when it was, but Sam, but he's a good lad, Sam, but, uh, but yeah, he's, yeah. So, um, so yeah, and, but like I say, it's, it's, a, it's a good ground. So I wish you luck for the game on Saturday. And hopefully we'll speak soon, James. Yes, you too. And uh, all the best. And if you have been, um, well, if you've enjoyed uh, this episode with Andrew Edwards, feel free to let us a comment and uh, we'll send us a message and we will forward them on to Andrew himself. And anyway, uh, thank you very much, Andrew, for coming on. And uh, until next time, get everybody. Cheers, thank James. you very much. Cheers. Cheers, mate. Cheers, mate. All the best. Bye. Bye. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.